Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Patriots Beat is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Brian Hines from Pat's Pulpit, back as always with Alex Barth from 985. The Sports Hub to break down. A big week four Patriots matchup in Dallas against the Cowboys. But uh, before we get into that kind of preview, there was some Patriots news, some league-wide news today because our our savior, Christian Gonzalez, our first-round pick, was uh, given or awarded the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Month, which, based on all the play we, we've seen, it was very well-deserved and earned. I know Jalen Carter, Will Anderson, some of those guys have got off to a good start. But what Christian Gonzalez has done here the first three weeks of the season, going up against Garrett Wilson, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, his performance against those guys have been have been awesome, and he, he truly deserved that award. As you know, Matt Judon, Dietrich Wise, all these guys said today, the silent assassin, but that's a well-deserved award and probably the first of many here for Gonzalez in his rookie year. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, for all the people who kind of talked about, um, you know, can Christian Gonzalez win rookie of the year coming into the year? I, I had that take that he can. It will be tough because generally this award goes more to front seven players. Great sign. Great sign if you have one of those, if you're sitting on one of those Christian Gonzalez defensive rookie of the year bets. Obviously, he's got to keep up his level of play, but Brian, we've seen this a lot in in, in a number of different uh, regards around here that like just because players playing well doesn't mean it's going to be recognized. Christian Gonzalez, it is being recognized what he, just what he has done through the first month of this season. This actually kind of blindsided me today because I thought they had one more game in September. Uh, no, Sunday's October 1st, which is crazy to begin with. Feels like it's still July, wow. but right. I was like, "What do you, you still got games to play in September?" What are you talking I about? Know, I figured this game was like the last day of September, but okay. Nope. First day of October. Thirty days hath September. There you so go. it would be September thirty first, but that's not a date. Um, but good for Gonzalez. Earned it. Deserves it. All of it. Um, for and, and a little surprising. First Patriots player to win defensive rookie of the month. So Mac won it. Was it November, October, November? His rookie year. One of the middle ones. The first Patriots defensive player, first Patriots rookie win defensive player of the month uh, in over 10 years. Hasn't happened since 2012. So good for him for that. Mac was November, November 2021. And then, yeah, okay. it was Dion Branch in 02, Gerard Mayo yeah. in 08, and Chandler Jones 10 years ago, which, so... Uh, awesome for yeah. Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah Chandler Jones. But, uh, we don't need to get in Chandler Jones. Yeah. 
Um, try to avoid that specific thing. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you mentioned like the, those rookie of the year, or the odds or, or whatever. Like usually those, it's the front seven guys because they can rack up sacks and post those high sack totals. But I mean, he's got Christian Gonzalez has a sack and an interception, a handful of pass pass deflection. So not only is he playing this like awesome coverage, he, he's a great fit for Bill's system, but he, he's getting the stats to kind of help boost maybe some of those maybe league-wide like whoever's picking the these accolades and awards like get some recognition there which always helps but yeah he's he's gotten league-wide recognition he's got people like Tyreek Hill yeah saying all this praise you heard Tony Romo on the broadcast saying he's one of the best corners in the league Dallas's offensive coordinator uh Brian Schottenheimer said you'd be hard-pressed to find a young corner better than Christian Gonzalez so he somehow fell to 17, which I don't think any of us really expected, and he looks like that player we kind of all all expected when they drafted him. So I, I, I meant to look earlier. I just pulled this up. Uh, FanDuel, if you're feeling good about Gonzalez, still third uh, third in the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year uh, You know odds. Jalen Carter is still the heavy favorite. Minus 110. That's minus 110. And then Will Anderson plus 650, Christian Gonzalez plus 750. So they're kind of a little close there, but I don't know if Gonzalez is going to win it like long season ago. Plus 750, though, right now after he wins this, I I, I wouldn't, I would think his odds would have come down. I, I, I'm not yeah. necessarily shocked that he's not the favorite just because, again, the historical, um, the historic context of, of this award, but. Plus seven fifty. I mean, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, so I thought it would jump on that. I thought it would jump. Like CJ Stroud, I think he was like plus four fifty yesterday, and now he's the favorite at plus three ten. He was Which makes he, sense. He was the offensive uh, uh, rookie of the month, but yeah, Gonzalez had no movement on that line, which I thought was kind of interesting. But is he in the uh, defensive? Where is he for defensive player of the year? <laughs> Not even rookie is he even in here. Uh, Judon's plus ten thousand. Uh, I mean, I'm looking quickly. There's a bunch of names here. I don't see Gonzalez, but I'd imagine he's somewhere in that. Like, there's just a bunch of guys that are plus 10,000. Buried down there somewhere. But... Michael, Michael Parsons is going to win it, and we'll get into Michael Parsons. But... Yeah, yeah, that's... <laughs> but, um, yeah, with, with Cole... I mean, not, I'll get into Cole Strange in a second, but with Christian Gonzalez, I was going to say it's just nice to have a first-round pick who looks like a first-round pick, and you just say, like, that's a blue chip prospect. That's a blue chip player. He's a first round pick because they haven't really had one of those in a while. And that was going to bring me to Cole Strange here with, with some of his. Well, actually, hang on real quick before you do that. Who is the last one that was like, because I, I people know where I'm at at Mac Jones. Like, I still think he can be the guy. I wouldn't call Mac Jones an instant blue pick. chipper. Um, In the first, they've had some in later rounds like Mike Onwenu. Yeah, twenty twenty, like instant hit, but not a first round. Wow, Brian, I am going back. Um, Pat, like High Tower, uh, or well, technically, because High Tower was picked second that year, even though he's a first round pick. It's Chandler Jones. Yeah, that's right. So I was Chandler go... Jones just keeps finding his working his <laughs> way in the conversation this week. Of course, he does. But yeah, just having one of those where those guys that you can just like look at the whole body of work his you know physical attributes and just say like that is a first round pick because yeah we, we can transition this into you know this week's game against dallas with, with cole strange who hasn't looked great when he's been out there this year and he's struggling to stay out there and, and healthy and 
he was the guy where, you know, he he's what is he like three oh five? How much does he weigh? Like a tick over three hundred? Where you're his his big thing coming out of the draft? I think we all said like you got to get him in the weight room. Whether it's in it was past off season, we were talking about like the Joe Tooney plan, like get some muscle on him because he can get pushed back pretty easily in pass protection, and and it just hasn't looked good with Cole Strange. I don't want to go down talk about bust yet but i I don't know it it hasn't looked good and now he's hurt again and he's been limited all all week in practice on the injury report so you might not even have him for this game but yeah that that, like the cole strange versus christian gonzalez it's night and day in that sense yeah it it wouldn't surprise me and i i talked about this with evan today on catch 22 it's there's the concern about talent level i think to me the bigger concern and they're kind of hand in hand. Uh, like you said, he needed to get bigger coming out. We knew that. He didn't this offseason. 6'5", I think he came out last year at like 308. He 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 was hurt this summer, and he missed a lot of time. And I think this summer would have been important for him, especially with Adrian Clem just working on getting better. And now he's still kind of banged up or he's hurt again. I think the size is something that is related to the durability. And if he can't get on the field, he can't get better. And this is where I will give the Patriots credit. Evan didn't want to go this far today, Brian. We'll see if you do. We have seen this team stick with bad draft picks, arguably too long, and kind of put faith in guys that it seems that the point has been made and hurt themselves in the process. Maybe Cole Strange is, you know, if he doesn't play this week, you're getting pulled last week against the Jets. Maybe he is hurt. Maybe they don't feel he's up to it. And if they are going to move on from him this early, I almost give them credit. It was a bad pick. It happened. And I don't give them, I'm not saying I'm giving them credit for the pick. That was a bad pick. I've written about, I've talked about why I think they made that pick. I think it relates to the assumption at that time they were shifting to a Shanahan style offense, which didn't happen, was never going to happen. They should have never expected that. It was a bad pick. But I would rather them admit it was a bad pick, move on. And we'll see what, what Moffy, so whoever steps in there, we'll see what that guy can do. But I would rather them move on and actually try to field the functional offense than just keep, you know, throwing Cole Strange out there to get beat. Trying to make it work. Right. Yeah. Because they've we've seen them do that with guys in the past, and that's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's nothing like against Cole Strange because he can't help that he was taken like with a top 30 pick. But yeah, it it is so frustrating that that was like, you got to hit on the, these first rounders based off where their team is now. And the fact that not only did they go for a guard, which the whole positional value thing isn't great, but then the guard might not be able to play, right? It's frustrating. Right. But yeah, if they just look at it and say he can't play then and pull pull the trigger and one of these mafia or, or city so can play, then yeah, that credit to them. But do you think strange maybe, I mean, like I don't want to, like David Andrews, could they could he move to center? I know he he has like the tackle measurables, but that seems like that might not even be in the picture. But is center down the line and play for Strange here, or if they do pull that that rug on him, like what what do you think the future is for him, even if there if there is one at all? So when I, they drafted him, I thought maybe he'd play tackle because he is athletic and and there's more. You know, he'd be better about getting around the horn and stuff like that. He does have the long arms. Like, he's built like a tackle. Yeah. So maybe it's that. But you're already two years in with his development. You got to start over. And the other thing is, 
he's older. What is he, 25, 26? He's 25 years old. So it's not uh it's not like you're working with a guy who has do you get like uh, how, yeah. how do I phrase it? You, you, all right, so you want to move to tackle. That's a year to transition. He's 26. Now he's 27, which most offensive linemen only play to like 30, 31. He's 27. He's in the last year, concrete year of his rookie deal, and you're just starting a position switch. That's a big ask. I'm not really sure what they do with him at this point. Yeah. If he can't play, I think you just have to move on. Yep. Be interesting to monitor. But yeah, he doesn't. Two limited sessions this week after not finishing the game in New York. So he might not uh, suit up for this one against the Cowboys. And if he if he doesn't, the options you think would be Antonio Mafia or City. So I don't know. Where I mean, you just mean. logically, I don't really know. And, and that's Sophie. I don't know if so is healthy too. He's still yeah. limited with, with the concussion. He's still limited right. with the concussion. So I don't know who else you're really going to put there. Uh, are you leaning one of those or the other? Because, you know, Moffey's had some issues too at left guard, as you'd expect as a rookie, but he's more of that, like he's tough to go through. Like he, he's kind of the opposite of Strange in that pass blocking sense where Strange is going to get pushed back in the pocket. Moffey's just going to kind of be a wall uh, up there. And we talked so much in, in training camp with all these tackle question marks that you need that solid interior for Mac to step up. Or you have City So, who's maybe more a little more athletic, and left guard was actually his natural position at at Eastern Michigan there. So, if both of those guys are healthy, who who's your kind of preference there? If you have one for like this game, I'd probably go with Antonio Maffi just because he's been out there. There's that chemistry thing. There's that continuity thing. I don't know that he has like the longest leash. I, I wouldn't be opposed if if he's struggling at halftime. You put City So in there. So might have more upside there long-term. I think Antonio Maffi is more of a right guard than a left guard. Um, so I yeah, I guess I'd go Maffi for this week, again, just because so hasn't played. And I just think the guy that repped last week probably has a little bit of advantage, but I don't I don't know. If you want to tell me it's City So because he has more upside, I'm not going to disagree with you. I, I, I could go either way on that one. Yeah, I agree. But I'm sure whoever's out there is going to get a heavy dose of Mika Parsons lined up right over him and probably over that right tackle spot too, which yeah. is probably going to be Vidarian low again. But that's just, I mean, the whole organization, like you had Bill comparing him kind of to Lawrence Taylor. You had Bill O'Brien come out and say he's a top five player in the league. Max yeah. said he's best player yes. they, they've played yet yeah, or just the best in the league so we all know what mika parsons can do but he seems like one of those like i feel confident in, in the patriots this week i think they can get a victory here but you could also see mika parsons just absolutely destroying this game and just kind of leaving their offense stuck in the mud there is it mika or micah I don't know. Micah? Mika? What was I saying? I thought it was Micah. I always thought it was Micah. Honest question. Um, Did I say Mika? Yeah. Oh, I think it's Micah. I don't know why I just said Mika. I I thought maybe I didn't. Hang on. Let, let's look. How <laughs> to... No, because like I, I'm not like doubting you. Um, There's been guys who n names are pronounced wrong for years, and then you find out like three or four like, years later it's wrong. Like Devon A-Chain going at Devon Asian or something? Exactly. Like... <laughs> uh or who was the kicker that like went his whole career and then said like yeah your name I'm it's pronounced differently? Was that Martin Grammatica said it was Martine? Is that who it was? Maybe. Was it suck up? Was it I'm trying to I can't remember. Um it is Micah though. It is Micah. Micah okay, I don't know game. why I was just saying Mika. Um 
Well, because yeah, I'm thinking like Mika, like for, I was like Mika, what Mika? And I'm thinking like Mika Kelly, right? Isn't that <laughs> that chick's name that dated Derek Jeter? Um, anyway, the, office, yeah. the thing right. about <laughs> Micah Parsons is, and Bill O'Brien kind of alluded to this. I think he wanted to say this without directly saying it. So I'm going to say it. You can have the perfect, you can come up. We're going to chip him here. We're going to leave blockers in here. We're going to run misdirection and that's going to keep him off. And we discovered this trend and blah, blah, blah. It still might not matter. Still might get two sacks. He's just that. And there's some really good pass rushers in this league. The Boses, Miles Garrett, right? The reason I think Parsons is better is a guy like Bosa, a guy like Garrett, a guy like Judon, who I think does belong in that class. They're going to be off the left tackle and they're going to pin their ears back and go. And they might have a really deep toolbox and they're not going to beat you the same way every time, but you kind of know where they're going to be and more or less what they're going to be doing. Michael Parsons can line up anywhere. He can drop into coverage. He can spy the quarterback. He can rush the passer. Like there's no, well, okay, he's going to be on the left side. So we're going to shade our protection that way all day. No, he's as good rushing off left end as he is off right end as he is coming up the middle. So that's where the unique challenge is. And that's why as good as your game plan is, like maybe, you know, you can neutralize him off left tackle and, and credit to Dan Quinn too. He's done a fantastic job with how he structured yep. this defense and built it around Parsons. Maybe you think like, all right, we can neutralize Parsons rushing off our left tackle. Great. Now here he is over the right guard. Maybe you figure that out. Great. Now he's going to come up the C gap. Now he's going to be over here. Now he's going to be over there. And that's, it's just too much. It's just too much. And if I'm the Cowboys, I, we just talked about Cole strange, right? We still don't know what they're doing at right tackle. The Patriots. I am, Bouncing him back and forth. I'm putting him over Cole Strange and I'm putting him over Vidarian Low. And I'm back and forth and back and forth and back and forth until the Patriots prove they can stop one of them. So I I agree with you. I think this game is sneaky winnable for the Patriots. I the Cowboys have more talent, and we'll kind of get into this, but it's one of those games where even though the Cowboys have more talent on paper, the things they struggle with line up perfectly with the things the Patriots do well. So the Patriots get to play their strengths on the Cowboys' weaknesses. And that levels the playing field. That all being said, Michael Parsons could just blow the whole thing up because he's that damn good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Judon said it today, right? It's kind of disrespectful to call him just a pass rusher because he does so many other things and does them all at such an elite level. But to build, build off that, like, you need this offensive line because you got to run the ball in this game, I think. And, and like, I know it's the homecoming week for Zeke. I think he could have a really good game because you watched the Cardinals last week against when they upset Dallas. Like, they ran for over 200 yards. They were really successful on the ground. And it was a lot of the stuff we saw the Patriots do well against New York, right? Getting back to kind of their downhill gap scheme, a lot of pulling guards, pulling linemen attacking this this Dallas defensive line who who is really good but they kind of you know let them go upfield and then pull these guys and attack them that way and they had a ton of success with that so you mentioned like the things the Patriots do well and how they can can beat some of these guys like I think it's kind of starts on, on the ground this week as much as we're in a dome it's a fast track we wanted like high flying offense 
it might be another one of those games where kind of want to you know grind it out on the ground that's what dallas is doing offensively they're running the ball a lot and if you can get zeke and you can get ramondre going and the line's holding up again in the run game like that that follow the cardinals path and that's how you might kind of beat dallas get that upset on the road got to be able to run the ball another week got to be able to run the ball and one that's the only surefire way to take michael parsons out of the game as a pass rusher is run the ball run the ball sustainably run the ball repeatedly don't fall behind early where you have to throw it keep the run game viable at all times that is the best game plan against michael parsons it is really the only one that he can't undo with his talent and i think yeah with the zeke thing i he downplayed it this week going back there and that was the right thing to do. Not falling for it, but you know there's a little something oh, there, yeah. and I'm sure 100%. the team would love to go back and get him a win too. So, ground game should be gearing to go. Had a good week last week, better week last week. Dallas struggled against the run. They are so aggressive against the pass. I, I think that is part of what makes them uh, a team you can run on. You know, Leighton Vander Esch is still there, and he's a really good run defender. But if you can work around him, you're going to find room to run the ball. So, I'd like to see more. I, I want to see Farrell Brown back at fullback. Get behind, get that eye set, put your big backs there under center and run the damn ball. I think it's one of those kind of weeks. Yeah. Uh, and you know if they're getting down by the goal line, Bill's putting Zeke back there and, and let, giving them some chances at that to get that touchdown. But, yeah, uh, you mentioned Farrell Brown. Another thing, the, the Cardinals did well so well, did a lot so well on the ground was two, three tight end sets. I think they're about 40% of the plays with multiple, multi-tight end sets and you just saw the Patriots do that they've done it a lot this year obviously with, with Henry and Gesicki but then getting that 13 personnel package really going with Farrell Brown against the Jets really opened up the run game started hitting the play action off that and even going back to their game two years ago against the Cowboys they were like that same usage right around 40 percent with, with multiple tight ends on the field so Another thing there, just to get this ground game going and, and you know run the ball and try to control the clock and you know just beat that Dallas defense like that. Yeah, and then you can start hit ideally. So you start with that, and then I, I would think the Cowboys defense he allowed 222 rushing yards to a bad team. Let's not it's not mince words here to a bad team last week. You are going to be, be geared up to stop the run. There's going to be a level of overcompensation there. So they're going to be geared in on that. If you start running the ball and beating them again, and they're saying, what's going on? Couldn't stop the Cardinals. Now we can't stop the Patriots. They're going to be narrowing in on that. And that's when, boom, you pull that thing, you hit it over the top for the play action. So I think it all starts, all starts this week with establishing the run. Yep. And then you got to hit those downfield shots. Something. And then you got to make the, Mac has to make the throws. Yeah. They've struggled with, we, we talked about it a lot uh, on Monday after the Jets game, just their inability to get that ball downfield. But I don't know, Dallas without, Trayvon Diggs, obviously, he tore his ACL. Stefan Gilmore is he's still a really good corner, but like he's what 31, 32 years old. Like he's not the Stefan Gilmore that we obviously saw in 2019. So I think there'll be some chances to kind of push the ball downfield and hit some of these shots. The Cardinals had a few uh, uh last Sunday against Dallas. So there might be some plays to be had in the in the past game, but again, you just you gotta hit them, right? And just right. The chemistry, the timing, whatever it is, it just hasn't been there for the Patriots to get the ball downfield. You'd expect Dallas to probably play a lot of man again on third downs. They did that in 2021. You know, the Jets did it last week. They had a lot of success against the Patriots. Just kind of man up on those money downs and say, like, 
we're not worried about your pass catchers beating us like prove you can beat us and the Patriots have to make make those plays happen when they get the opportunity presented to them right so to do that are you still pop Douglas Ty Montgomery get those guys a little more involved maybe a little less juju or yeah those, I mean it, it, man to, beaters to, out there to different extents on it so I Pop Douglas, yes. Pop Douglas should be on the field more, period. End statement. Uh, as much as I'm on the Montgomery train and I want to see him playing some running back, because of Parsons, I almost feel like you can push that to next week. Like, we can talk about that. We'll talk... Uh, Cameron Jordan's been a good player in this league for a long time. We can talk about Ty Montgomery this week. I want Zeke and Stevenson in the back. You're probably going to be blocking six most of the time anyway, so I don't think you're going to be sending the running back out the pattern that much. Keep keep Zeke and Ramondre back there this week to block Micah Parsons. Long term, yes, I still want to see Ty Montgomery get some reps at running back on third and passing downs, like third and eight, third and nine. It's yeah. third and three, I get it. You want a little more ambiguity, but yeah, this uh, this week, blocking first, pass pro first. Yep. More Pop Douglas, though. Get that shifty chain mover in the slot. More Pop Douglas. Good things will happen, but... Uh, any other last things, Patriots offense, Cowboys defense that you have your eye on, or we can come. Um, I, I thought Kendrick Bourne had a really good game last week. I just want to see him kind of pick it up. Yeah. That's pretty much where mm -hmm. I'm at with him. I agree. So, uh, we can hear from our wonderful friends over at FanDuel quickly and then move over to the other side of the ball. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel. Official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. GamblingHelplineMA.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Who you got tonight, Thursday Night Football? Packers, a home dog, plus two against the Lions. Yeah, that I, I, that was that was too much to take. I, Jordan Lowe's played really well. He's been great. Uh, and I know Aaron Rodgers isn't there anymore, but I in, the, in my mind, the Packers still own the Lions. So. Yeah. Although I looked, so most of the money's on Detroit. Which I find surprising. I don't know if I'm missing something there. I'm not but... too surprised. Detroit's kind of like the, you know, everyone loves the Lions this year, right? Yes. I always feel good betting against the money because I'm like, well, Vegas knows what they do. They're doing right. They are, in big picture, they always end up making money. So like, if everybody's betting one way, it probably means Vegas. That's the side people want Vegas on. So I usually feel pretty good betting against the money. But uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that today. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Packers probably. Jordan Love, his mannerisms are just like you can tell he's watched Aaron Rodgers. It's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny to watch. And then they get Christian Watson, Aaron Jones back. I think both of those guys are back today. So 
uh, Christian Watson. If we want to go back to Cole Strange, we can. But uh, um, yeah, uh, Packers plus two over on FanDuel. They're also offering a 50% profit boost to use on tonight's game. And I believe it's a no sweat same game same game parlay too if you place any three plus leg that has a final odds of plus 400 or longer and it loses you get a refund in bonus bets so if you're eyeing anything in tonight's lions packers game make sure to go over to FanDuel to place those but we can get back to the patriots and the cowboys moving to the defensive side of the ball kind of hinted at it earlier but it's the Mike McCarthy show on offense now. It's not Kellen Moore. Right? He, he's over in L.A. with the Chargers, and you're kind of seeing the impact, right? kind of looks like the Patriots where they kind of want to run the ball, control the clock, even though they have CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks and Tony. Sorry, we got some interesting uh, breaking football news. I th- Am I seeing this right? Oh, really? So let me, let me look. Uh Sorry to cut you off there, but this would be kind of an interesting story. Um, yeah, it looks like it. Uh, remember how oh. Colin Kaepernick wanted to sign with yeah. the Jets? Yeah. So instead, he's not signing with the Jets. He's been added to the negotiations list for the CFL, for the BC Lions of the CFL. So what that means is... Um, Players who are NFL free agents are not also free agents in Canada if they've played in the NFL. Uh, NFL uh, Canadian teams basically have to declare we're like it's kind of like the posting system in Japan. It's like you go to the player, you say we would like to negotiate a contract with you. If the player says okay, I'm willing to come to Canada, then that is the only team that can negotiate with that player. So Colin Kaepernick may be signing in Canada. Interesting. Interesting. I, we don't need to get in a whole Colin Kaepernick thing, but I will say this. I, did you read uh, the letter yeah. he wrote to the Jets? The Jets. Entirely. It, 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 I understand what he's doing. Entirely too complimentary of Zach Wilson. Like, <laughs> I, I know he's trying to like be like, no, I'm not, you know, I'm just there and, and I just want to be on the team. Saying you think Zach Wilson has it within himself to figure out his game and win a Super Bowl this year. Yeah, coming on a little strong there. Like it, it, you got to be within the, the realm of, of believability. Um, yeah. but that's, uh, that's, that's interesting. That'll be interesting if he ends up going to Canada. Cause it's people <laughs> laugh. Like it's not a bad level of competition. It's not the NFL, but it's not a bad level of competition. Anyway, I just, I saw that. I didn't even mean to react. It kind of just happened. Uh, yeah. Just to see him play, game. play again. Yeah. So he's got anything left in the tank, right? That'll, that'll be interesting, but yeah. Yeah. Maybe something to monitor there. If he ends up with the jets off, off all that, that would be interesting, but yeah. Um, yeah, Patriots defense. Uh, all right, well, let me let's let's do here. You're a quarterback. Right. You can sign one of two places: the, the current New York Jets, where you have to back up Zach Wilson, who is the unquestioned starter, or you get to play in the CFL. Where would you rather be? Honestly, if I'm Kaepernick, probably the CFL, right? So you actually can play and show what's happening with your and game. Not but... have to deal with Zach Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But um. <laughs> Yeah, oh, Jets and Zach Wilson. But, uh, yeah, Cowboys offense, it's the Mike McCarthy show, and you're seeing it, right? Like, yeah, looks familiar looking at the, the Patriots all, all, the whole last month. Like, run the ball, kind of control the clock. I think they only had 
seven, eight, nine drives against the Cardinals, right? And it's just they're not lighting up the scoreboard like Kellen Moore always always wanted to do. It's a different brand of football, and it kind of fits into what the Patriots want to do defensively, which you know, like like the Jets and Sala did last year, like run the ball down down their throats. Like the Patriots can can counter that with guys like Juwan Bentley. Devon Godshaw has been limited, so you know maybe he's good to go there in the middle. We can mention Daniel Aquale, who also got hurt in New York. He is on IR with a torn bicep. Uh, they did sign Manny Jones, a defensive lineman, to their practice squad as a counter of that. But if the Cowboys just want to kind of man up and run the ball, like I think the Patriots will gladly gladly accept that this game and let them do that. I I don't know though. Like they can they can move the ball I, like. This is the Cowboys play offense, how the Patriots want to like force their opponents to play offense, right? Like march their way down the field. They lead the league and it plays per drive, but they're comfortable. in that. So that's where it becomes interesting. I think if you're the Patriots, you dare the Cowboys to take a deep shot. You stack the box, you blitz, uh, and you try to force them to go over the top because that's not Mike McCarthy wants to play ball control and he wants to win with his defense and. Sometimes, like you'd think in theory, the Cowboys offense is a good downfield offense. I mean, CeeDee Lamb's just like a great big play receiver all around. Brandon Cook, speedster, burner, traditional deep threat. Michael Gallup's your kind of big body win at the catch point. You're going to throw it up to a 50-50 ball. These are guys you're throwing explosives to, and that's how you're going to win. I'm going to give you some numbers here, Brian. Uh, intended air yards per attempt. So this is how far on average the ball is going in the air on each quarterback's throw. So completion, incompletion, just how far the ball travels doesn't factor in yards after the catch. Uh, Jordan Love leads the league 10.6, more than a yard ahead of the next closest quarterback. So that in its own right is impressive. Uh, Jordan Love, 10.6. Tied for second, Deshaun Watson, Jalen Hurts, 9.5. Ryan Tannehill, 9.3. Tua, 9.1. That rounds out your top five. Mac Jones tied for ninth with Baker Mayfield, 8.3 intended air yards per attempt. Max throwing the ball about 30, 40 more times than Baker Mayfield has. But so pushing the ball down the field a little bit. Let's jump further down. Sam Howell, 30th, 6.7. And this is among qualified quarterbacks. There's 34. Sam Howell, 6.7. Geno Smith, 6.6. Joe Burrow, oddly enough, down here at 6.5. But I think that's probably due to his injury or anything else. Yeah. Uh, 33rd in the NFL of 34 qualified quarterbacks in intended air yards per attempt. Dak Prescott, 5.2. So Joe Burrow at 6.5. With one leg. With one leg. <laughs> Dak Prescott, more than a yard less per attempt in the air. So here's my point. Even if the Cowboys are built to throw the ball down the field, and they are, they don't want to do it. And a lot of their plays don't give that option. Make them beat you with it. Make them beat you with the thing they don't want to do. Even if it's something they're in theory good at, if they come out and they cook you on a couple deep balls to start the game, you adjust. You're the underdog anyway. Like, you got to play with some sense of urgency here. I would be stacking the box, single high safety. You got to tackle it at the catch point. It's going to be a big game, big test for Christian Gonzalez, tackling C.D. Lamb. But I'd stack the box, take away the run, take away the quick stuff in the passing game, and and make Mike McCarthy do what he doesn't want to do, which is throw the ball over the top. Yeah. Cause he might not do it. He might just sit there and keep trying to dink and dunk his way down the field. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If they want to do that, I, I'd let them do that. And 
probably, you know, if you do that big Juwan Bentley game, right, you need another performance like he had against New York. He was really awesome. Again, you hope Godchild's healthy in there. You'll probably still see a good amount of Anthony Jennings, right, because he had a really yeah. good game against the run. And, and, yeah, and then how you kind of matching up in the secondary, if you have John Jones back, who, who's still limited with that ankle injury, kind of seems like one of those opponents where you just – you you could shadow the guys right like you, you have christian gonzalez take cd lamb even though lamb's playing most of his snaps in the slot but then you have you know jonathan jones on brandon cook speed on speed miles bryant who was playing awesome but michael gallup you know there's a little maybe a little bit of physicality mismatch there but is that one of the opponents that you're kind of just comfortable shadowing there with your three corners assuming john jones is, is healthy enough to go in this one yeah, I, I, I think it, it makes a ton of sense to play match because, yeah, you're going to have Gonzalez on Lamb. John Jones is kind of the perfect coverage option for Brandon Cooks. Fast, not too big. I I don't love Miles Bryant on Michael Gallup, right? Small corner on big physical receiver. But Miles Bryant was, like, good last week against Alan Lazard. Who's a, yeah. He's bigger than Gallup, but it's that same thing. Big physical receiver. But Lazard's, like, what, 6'4", 6'5"? Michael Gallup's 6'1". Um, I have a plan B ready which to me would be Jabril Peppers on the line of scrimmage, jamming Michael Gallup and then Miles Bryant taking him or, or Kyle Duggar taking him down the field. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm caught up in the moment. I saw enough from Miles Bryant last week that I'm like, yeah, all right, let's see what he can do on Michael Gallup. Let's see it. I, I, I'm not saying stick with it the whole game, but I, I you if you told me he was going to be covering Alan Lazard, I'd probably be like Alan Lazard at 100 yards. That's a terrible matchup for Miles Bryant. And Miles Bryant kind of blanketed him. Yeah. So, I mean, let's see if you can keep doing it. Why not? Ride the hot hand. You're this banged up at corner. Like, this is a game where you'd love to have Jack Jones because you plug Jack Jones in on Michael Gallup. That's perfect. Yeah, definitely. They don't have Jack Jones, though. So, I, I don't think there's any great option to put on Gallup. Again, Miles Bryant's the hot hand. Why not? Yeah. Just go with it until he kind of proves he can't do it, right? Well, like actually, sorry. Let me... The right option would be to put Jalen Mills on it, but they're clearly not, not going to do that. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, Jalen Mills is a safety period, full stop. Yeah, that that would be a good size mismatch. Yeah, match match up there to do that. But yeah, they don't seem like they they want to move move him over to back to cornerback. But um, uh, one thing I wanted to mention, or without Daniel Kuala here, who is kind of their sub rusher in the middle. Do you think we could see a little Keon White kicked inside in some of those, you know, passing down situations? Because he hasn't, he didn't play much last week again. Like his snap count was kind of low, but it feels like every time he's in there, he's getting one or two of those plays where he's in the quarterback's lap and making an impact. So now that Aquale is kind of out, is that a spot you could maybe see Keon White there in your in your mind? Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'd like to see him play uh, more. I I, I kind of understand why he played less last week. It was kind of a weird matchup game for him. Uh, great matchup game for him this week. Big physical offensive line. You want to get those athletes out there. Yeah. So I would like to see him play more. I think seeing him on the interior is definitely a possibility. Yeah. And it's worth mentioning the Cowboys line is pretty banged up too. I know they got uh, Tyler Badaz. Is that how you say his last name? Or Badazi or... They're, they're starting center, and then Zach Martin, they missed last week. They returned to practice in a limited fashion today. 
And then Tyron Smith, their left tackle, is still not practicing, so that's something to monitor. Uh, Two, if Dallas is kind of beat up there up front. But uh, I believe that's all I had for the Patriots defense. I don't know anything else you had there. Uh, It's pretty much where I was at with with the defense. I think the uh, Daniel Quale roster spot is going to be Taekwons next week. Um, maybe I also wouldn't be surprised. We, we know there were reports during initial roster cuts that they wanted to get Calvin Munson on the roster yeah. and they haven't yet. And he only has one more elevation left. So I wonder if it goes to even at least temporarily goes to Munson. Munson. Like they rarely go into these games with 53 players. My guess is they'll sign somebody on the practice squad on Saturday. They'll like, and then maybe that guy gets cut for, for Thornton or whatever. But, uh, if not Thornton, I would think Munson. Yep, that's where I kind of was. But we can wrap it up with special teams because yes, there's a lot going on apparently. Big special teams in, week in Dallas, and again, it's in a dome, so we would expect clean operations, cleaner operations than than last week. Which yep. I don't know if you listen to to Acord on Tuesday, but he was. He said, like, the, the paint on, on the field was getting on the football, which kind of led to some of those poor snaps and, and poor field goal operations. But in a dome, so you'd expect clean clean things all around there. But, Alex, I know there's one big thing, literally one big thing that, that you're looking at on the special teams in this week. So so take it away. Yeah, I want to see if Bryce Berger can hit the scoreboard. Yeah, I want to see it. I And so at first I was like, all right, it's only been hit four times. It's a you know dead ball to re, replay the down if he gets hit. So like whatever. And then I, I, I was talking to a Patriots player today who said that sometimes the ball will scrape the scoreboard, but the refs don't call it. And that can make it really hard to return a punt. So maybe he he's trying to like just kiss the sky a little bit. I don't know. Uh, that'll get interesting. Maybe it happens to the Patriots. It is a reviewable play. If whether or not a punt hit the scoreboard. So, like, if you're returning and your returner muffs the punt and you think he muffed it because he read it wrong because it clipped the scoreboard and they just didn't call it, you can challenge that. And, boy, would that be fun. Bill's so, so going to challenge it if it's for, close. For so many different reasons. And you might be thinking, like, why are we talking about this on that? Patriots haven't played there since 2015. <clears throat> and I think that was – I think that's their only ever game there, uh, if I'm correct. So I, I am like very excited to see how they handle the scoreboard. Yeah, that is the, the, the time they played there before that. No seven was in the old building. This was built in 09. So it's only happened once. Didn't cover the team then. Was still in college. So I'm very excited to see how they handle the scoreboard. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Did any of the returners you talked to, like, can you just lose the ball in that scoreboard? or? I don't think so. There's like a gray covering on the okay. bottom of it so it's easy to track still there's no like no. light yeah it's i think it's more you might watch film on a punter but he might punt different because of the board and i guess that's probably harder for cowboys returners but like i think cowboys have only played one home game right so you're watching most of the film of them on the road where they're not dealing with it and then yeah it's just being ready if it clips it you gotta adjust and you hope it gets called but it might not get called that's, I wonder how hard that is for the refs to kind of judge. I mean, if they're missing it, can't it, be right? easy. Yeah, like so, it, so I was looking at it, and so the the ball hit the scoreboard. 
it's it's under the same rules as the inadvertent whistle. So it's basically we're going to replay the down. Now we're half. They reset the clock, everything. That's only happened four times. Now it's happened twice in the last year, year and a half. So it happened in the 20, it happened in January, 2022. So the 2021 season playoffs. And then last year, Jake Carm- uh, Carmada hit it, the punter for the Bucks in a game. The other two were like much earlier. He's got but a big lag too. Well, it's happening more now because I think you just have better punters in the league. This is just how it happens. Um, but so I wasn't even thinking. And then, yeah, I talked to somebody today. He goes, yeah, sometimes it hits it and, and they don't call it. And so I'm just going, oh, it only happens four times. No, it happens more than that. It's just the times it's been called. So, and look, we talked about what a big leg, right? Boominger. Yeah. Let's see how big it is. And I asked him, and I'll post this. Uh, to, I, I, I talked to him about it. And I talked to some other guys about it. It'll be up on 98.5thesportshub.com tomorrow. But I asked him, like, is it a point of pride with punters? Because he said he had some friends that he had gone in there and kicked for practice or whatever, played college games there. You know, hey, you do, I mean, if you hit it, you hit it. It is what it is. But I don't know. I, I'd say if I was a punter, I'd want to add my name to They list. brag about it in their group chat, right? Like, That's what I'm keeping, saying. Like, he, he's probably being cool with me, but, like, I'm going to guess that there's a running list to the guys who've hit it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They're like, they're like... F yeah, I hit that. I hit that scoreboard right there. You see that? Like... Yeah. <laughs> 90 feet up, man. Well, when Carmada hit it, well, I guess obviously the ball's still going to be going up, but like it's not at the apex when he hit it. You can go find the video online. I talked to Pop Douglas about it too. He didn't know balls hit it. So I was like, you got to go check this out. <laughs> yeah, definitely probably a big warm up thing, right? Like get out there early, kind of see. Barringer, how, how if you have to take something off of it or more of those line drives or something, and then obviously the returners playing that, how it feels. So, yeah, definitely something to monitor. Uh, I wonder if, if Joe Judge and Cam gave him a big, big history lesson on on score on the scoreboard today. It'd be interesting to sit in that meeting. But uh, yeah, always something to watch, special on that special teams unit there. But. Um, any other last things? Patriots, Cowboys, as Joe Judge apparently said, no one is coming, right? It, it's up to us here. For yeah. The- <laughs> I, so Jabril Peppers kind of recharacterized it today. He's like, there's no outside forces. It's just the guys in this locker room that have to win the games, which like decent message. I don't know. Like wh- whatever happened to the old, we all we got, we all we need. Yeah. What was wrong with that? It's a weird this is- way to phrase it, I guess. I don't know if this is what the quote's from, but like I was looking at some stuff last night and it's like some guy from like Germany in the 1700s, some like theologist or or, or something. Um, just a weird quote. Look, if it works, it works. Great. If they rip off four in a row, I'm going to be the biggest. <laughs> there's, you know, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be posting that quote left and right. I'll be saying it in my sleep, but uh, it's a weird one. It starts the Super Bowl DVD, that quote. Yeah. Yeah, so anyone who didn't understand that, they handed out sweatshirts to all the players' locker this week, and the back said, no one no one is coming, it's up to us. And a lot of the guys were wearing that around 
around the facility uh, the last few days. So apparently that's their rallying cry uh, early on this season. So we'll see what happens. But Alex, if you got nothing else, we can wrap up this Patriots Cowboys preview and get on our way. Well, it is a Thursday, so we've got a real quick. Yeah, don't sound so disappointed. Oh, we're on the backup channel, so we don't have the background. But We didn't even talk about last weekend's slate, which was spectacular. Last weekend's slate was great. We got another great one this week. Uh, So, all right, let's to to kind of carry over from last week to this week. This was the big stretch for Colorado. They had Oregon. Now they have USC. Oregon didn't go great. Can they, they're, they're 20 point dogs again. Uh, I'll give my piece first. Uh, I think some people are acting like that was a definitive, uh, uh, what would the term be? That that loss was like the definitive statement on Deion Sanders time at Colorado. Like the experiment didn't work. He's a bad coach. I don't think it's that Dion himself has said he probably needs another year or two to get that program where they need to be to win national championship. I think he said he needs like what, seven or eight more guys. Yeah. And that's also part of the reason I think he's serious when he says Shadur is not declaring this year. Cause he needs Shadur to kind of figure that all out. Um, doesn't mean Colorado is a bad team. I think they're, uh, they should finish right around, you know, 2025 in the AP. They're probably one of the 20, call them one of the best 30 best teams in the country. They're somewhere between 20 and 30. Uh, but Oregon's another beast. They're not on the level of those guys yet. They're still too small. They still don't have it in the trenches. Um, it was a fun story to win some, some more fun games. You know, could they pull off an upset down the road here? They'll have Utah, they'll have UCLA. Like those are good teams. I think they can beat. uh, Oregon was always the tall task. And I, I think USC might be better than Oregon. Yeah. So I, I'm not super optimistic for them this week either. Yeah. I think it, they could maybe keep it a little closer because I think they could probably USC's defense is a little you know easier to maybe move the ball on than Oregon, but yeah, I'd still expect. Yeah, you know, watching what Bo Nix did to that that Buffalo defense, I think Caleb Williams will have some success there. But what do you, where are you at with Bo Nix as a NFL prospect? So people who have watched the show. Uh, I was not a big Bo Nix guy at all. I thought he was ridiculously bad at Alabama. I really didn't believe in him. Um, the whole road Nix thing, which I'll bring back in a second, but the guy he was on Saturday, the guy he's been this year is not the player I saw at, at Auburn. Now he's made 50 college starts, which is absurd. If you yeah. think about it, and he's 23. So I don't know what his ceiling is, but like I never even thought of him as an NFL quarterback now as kind of like a Mac Jones kind of pick, right? Like the high floor, low ceiling guy. Like I, he probably belongs now the box. I still need to see him check. I bring up road Knicks when he was at Auburn in his first year at Oregon, he would play, he, he, he'd have some big games. And so people who don't know, like Bo Nick's story, highly, highly touted recruit. His dad played at Auburn and was like a big deal as the quarterback at Auburn. He won some really big games for them. So he goes in, he's supposed to be like the second coming. He's supposed to bring Auburn football back to relevance. A guy like Bo Nix transferring out of Auburn. It's not quite like if Shadur Sanders transferred out of Colorado when Dion was still there, but it's not totally far off either. Um, that was a pretty big deal that he had to transfer from Auburn, that it didn't work for him there. Um, he would have some big games and you'd see the flashes, but never on the road. Yeah. He was always a disaster on the road, especially in SEC games, going into those environments. And that's where the road Knicks things co- thing comes from. Um, so 
that game last week, I'm watching that sit, saying, this is not the guy I saw at Auburn. This is a no, much better no. quarterback. But that game was in Autzen. That game was at Oregon. Uh, I got to see him go on the road. And then I'll be like right now. So I've gone from, all right, I don't think he's an NFL quarterback. Or I don't really think he's drafted. We're like, all right, second, third round pick. You know, maybe a team needs a quarterback. I could see it there. First round. And, and like, I'm, I'm still open to him being a first round pick. But they're at Washington in two weeks. They're at Utah two weeks after that. If they play in the Pac-12, they, they do host USC, but if they play somebody in the Pac-12 championship game, that'll be neutral site. Bowl game, playoff game, if they get there, that's where I need to see Bo Nix ball out. If he goes into Seattle and, and goes toe-to-toe with Michael Penix, who I actually think is the best quarterback in college football he right now. He was awesome last last He's weekend. awesome he every week. Dropping dimes all over the field. If yeah, Bo every, Nix, every weekend, obviously, yeah. If Bo Nix can go into Washington and play with Michael Penix, like go toe-to-toe with him. I don't even think Oregon needs to necessarily win the game, but like Bo Nix needs to be good in it. Then then I'll be like, okay, he's first-round pick. Yeah. And I don't, I, I'm not going to have him top 10. I just, I don't, again, because of his age, his size, I'll always have Williams ahead of him. I'll always have Penix ahead of him. Quinn Ewers is going to be ahead of him. Shadur, if he comes out. Uh, but, yeah, I wouldn't, uh, it, that that to me is like, the that that's the one more box I got to see Bo Nix check. What can he do on the road? Yeah. I'm with you. Michael Penix, though. So for the the people who don't like Mac Jones and want to know the name you should know, uh, Michael Penix is is weird because he's a lefty. And lefty quarterbacks are inherently viewed differently. You got to scheme your offense differently, all of that. Uh, I I saw there was a Twitter account that compared Michael Penix to Tua. They're lefties. That's it. Mike Cadlick is as comparable to Tua as Michael Penix is. (laughs) Uh, if Bill Belichick or whoever is okay with a lefty quarterback, like Caleb Williams is still going to be 1-1. The only reason I feel comfortable saying he's still locked into 1-1 is because Michael Penix is a lefty. Yeah. If Michael Penix was a righty, there'd be a real talk about him going 1-1. Besides that, like I have him ahead of May. I have him ahead of Sanders. I have him ahead of Ewers. This dude goes out there and freaking slings the football. We talked about Dallas, right? It's not working. They might not trust Dak. They've gone to the super safe offense. CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, Michael Gallup. Put a guy like Michael Penix in that offense if he is what we think he's going to be. Whew, that yeah. could be scary. Uh, every I, I, Washington, I forget who they're playing this week. It's it's kind of a disappointing game. Uh, they're playing Arizona, who's bad. Uh, former Patriots uh, assistant coach, Jed Fish, head coach there, trying to turn that program around. It's got a ways to go. But, like, with Washington, Oregon, that's going to be watch so that fun. game. That's watch and, and they awesome might score hundred points. I'm yeah. very interested to see what the over is going to be in that. Yeah, that's going to be a really fun game. I don't know if I have him over May yet, but yeah, Michael Penix just week in week out, he he's been awesome. It's so fun to watch. May's struggled at times. Yeah. Oh wait, so fi- hang on. Uh, FanDuel does have some early odds here. Okay, here we go. Oh, they don't have a total yet. So it's oh. Washington by three and a half, which is about right. Two really good teams, ones at home. Uh, they don't have a total. That's that's the number I want. That's the number I want for that game. Ninety-five and a half. <laughs> I mean, a hundred's realistic. A hundred is absolutely real. Now it is Seattle, so maybe the weather gets weird, but like favorable conditions, absolutely realistic. Hundred point game. Yeah, that, that's going to be an awesome game. That's going to be fun. Uh, I think with uh, Alabama, I still don't feel great about Alabama, I got to say. 
No. I don't know where you're at with that, Brian. Yeah, it's... I mean, I thought they finally started doing some things that, like, Milroy was com- Milroy was comfortable doing, but like, still, I, I just I yeah. just don't see it. Um, sneaky good game this week, Texas Kansas. Yeah, both undefeated. I think Texas will whoop Kansas, but you know, Jaden Daniel may be there for real this time. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. Kansas is. They beat Texas a couple years ago, um, and then Notre Dame Duke. I I feel like that's the game. Like Duke's a fun story, but that's the game where kind of it comes crashing down. But it's also Notre Dame who doesn't win big games. They get in their way as much as possible of winning big games. That game could get weird. wonder if Lou Holtz will be watching or if he'll be eyes on Ohio oh, State. Ryan Day, you idiot. <laughs> so stupid. Hey, they've only played two bad halves of football the last two years or, or whatever he said, right? And that and that was – you're an Ohio State guy, right? No. No, you're uh, Wisconsin. You're yeah, Wisconsin. Keegan's, Keegan's, Keegan's Ohio State. Ohio State. It was a stupid, stupid thing to say in that moment. Like, good win. Celebrate the win. You don't need yeah. to attack the 86-year-old man who's been in bed for three hours. They're, so, they're such a physical team. They got one yard against 10 guys. But uh, Right, exactly. Go go Ryan Day, I guess. Whatever makes, yeah. whatever makes you happy. But, uh, yeah, another good college football, college football slate as we are getting this year. So many just good – so much good quarterback play in college football this year, which is fun. Uh, but, um, yeah, that'll do it from us today. Patriots Cowboys on Sunday for Oh five kickoff, I believe in that four, I think it's four twenty five, right? Four twenty five. I thought it was four Oh five for some reason, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's cause our, uh, sports up pregame starts at one thirty. So normally we do, uh, um, four twenty five. Maybe they have another yeah, one of their do three hours, maybe another one of their later. Oh, the Raiders is 4.05. Four, Raiders is 4.05 because that's yeah, just four. the West Coast 1 o'clock yeah. start. That's not like a primetime game. So, yep, 4.25 kick in Dallas. Patriots looking to improve to 2-2-2. Two and, two. and Alex and I will be back, as always, to break down the game on Monday. But until then, go follow him on Twitter at RealAlexBarth and go read all of his work, especially that Dallas scoreboard special teams article It'll dropping tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. on 985vsportshub.com. Follow me on Twitter at I am Brian Hines and go read all my work for these da- this Dallas game at patspulpit.com. Thank you all, as always, for tuning in, and we will see you guys next week.